0: Hi, this is Sandy Rios, and you're listening to Sandy Rios 24-7. Well, it's interesting uh, that in the news lately, you've been hearing these threats or clouds impending doom for President Donald Trump, potential arrest in New York. By the time you hear this, he may have been arrested or it may be settled. I don't know. But we're going to have a discussion about that today because my guest has predicted there, there will be two more indictments against President Trump at least. Uh, that will be very entangling and in many ways worse than the case in New York. So, uh, and behind all of these prosecutions uh, by these rogue prosecutors is a man named George Soros. So, we're going to talk about that today the implications, the lawlessness that we're finding on our streets because rogue judges and prosecutors are not prosecuting crime. Much of that can be traced back to George Soros. It's a very dangerous. Situation and our guest will talk about it because he knows. So just stay tuned. It's going to be really good. And By the way, if you would like to call us, if you have a response or a comment on something you've heard on these shows, call us at 662 821 2040. 662 821 2040. You can go to the uh, website at sandyrios.com. Sandyrios.com. Now, I have to put a caution here because some of these things are still under construction. Uh, so we're not fully formed, but we will be soon. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Getter and Truth Social. You can also reach us by email at sandy at AFR.net, sandy at AFR.net. I've been really enjoying your comments. I'm going to pick one right here. This is from Denise. She said, can you or uh, one of your assistants help me know how to make my opinion known regarding the imminent takeover of the World Health Organization of our country, or by the World Health Organization, she means. I see that Representative Tillis, she must be from North Carolina, has authorized a bill, but I'm unsure how to push it or share the information. Any assistance you can recommend is very important to me. No one knows about this. Denise, uh, if you go to Sandy Rios 24-7, I did actually two broadcasts on this, and I did them recently. So if uh, I would especially point to Frank Gaffney. If you look in Sandy Rios 24-7 like a week or so ago, Look for the interview with Frank Gaffney because we discussed this in depth. Also, my interview, I think, preceding that with with Dr. Robert Malone, uh, the famous doctor who's been the champion for us on uh, not swallowing hook, line, and sinker, all the COVID lies we've been told. Uh, Those both, Dr. Robert Malone and Frank Gaffney, will give you all the information you need, I think, uh, on what's happening with the World Health Organization controlling our health care. Denise, thank you so much for that question, and uh, we appreciate you listening. And you can ask a question or make a comment, again, at sandy at afr.net. And before we get too far here, before we go to the main portion of the show, I want to remind you that Preborn is our sponsor, for which we are very grateful. You might be amazed to know that even with Roe being overturned, the number one killer among infants is still abortion. Abortion continues to take the lives of nearly one million babies a year, just in this country alone. Preborn network clinics step into the darkness and shine a light into a mother's womb by introducing her to the precious life growing inside of her. Once she hears the heartbeat, her maternal instinct kicks in, and the majority of the time, she will choose life. This is God's plan. And since President Dan Steiner founded this life-saving ministry 16 years ago, over 200,000 babies have been saved. It's just $140 you can introduce a mom and her baby through an ultrasound to help rescue five babies' lives. If you can only afford $28, that pays for one ultrasound. Anything you can afford, we will use, they will use uh, to good purpose. And all you have to do is go to preborn.com slash Sandy. That's preborn.com slash Sandy and make your most generous donation. We will so appreciate it. Uh, okay, so uh, coming up, we have uh, Joe Genova. Joe is uh, fascinating, interesting. You're going to love him. So stay tuned and enjoy this next version of Sandy Rios Twenty-four seven. From American Family Radio, Sandy Rios. We are not called to be nice. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in DC is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. I think the most important thing we need to demonstrate to our children is genuineness.
2: I'm the one who decided to do this. A lot of people cautioned me against it because I had nothing to gain. The only thing I'm doing is trying to tell the truth to the grand jurors, because I read all these lies in the, in the media that are being promoted by one side. If you see the full picture, you know, listen, if they want to go after Donald Trump and they have solid evidence, so be it. But Michael Cohn is far from solid evidence. This guy, by any prosecutor's standard, and I used to be Deputy Chief of the Criminal Division in the Southern District of New York, I wouldn't have touched a guy like Michael Cohen, especially if he's a convicted perjurer. Not to mention, as I said, the 50 to 100 lies he told us that are in those 330 emails. Michael Cohen paid Stormy Daniels with his money, not at the basket of That's what he told us, yes. Not his own money, money that he borrowed pursuant to a HELOC loan. loan? Yeah. And why did you take the loan, Michael? I didn't. I wanted this secret. I didn't even want my own wife to know, much less Melania Trump. You know. But
1: just to be clear, he, did he ever specifically tell you that
0: Donald Trump does not know about
2: this? Yes, absolutely. He said that. He said that. You know, that's what he said at the time. Is it true? I don't know.
0: Did you tell the grand jury that?
2: Yes, I did. But I had to force that into an answer. They were getting upset because they'd ask me a limited question based on one of these six emails, and I would volunteer information that I thought the grand jury needed to hear.
0: Well, this is getting interesting. This is Sandy Rios on 24-7. Robert Costello was the voice you just heard. Robert is a former federal prosecutor in New York City. He's represented people like George Steinbrenner, Liana Helmsley, Rudy Giuliani, Steve Banning, uh, he's got an interesting resume, and he had in the past advised Michael Cohen, who was president at the past, was President Donald Trump's Trump's attorney. Now, Michael Cohen is the chief witness in this case that Alvin Bragg, the Manhattan DA, is bringing against Donald Trump. Now, uh, as we're recording this, uh, President Trump hasn't been arrested yet. He's announced that he's going to be. Uh, it's all about uh, hush money paid to a porn star. Not new news. We heard all about that when Donald Trump was running for president. Uh, but what's going on here? Is this a legitimate prosecution? And what does this mean to Donald Trump? And what does deep, more deeply? What does this mean to our country? I can't think of anyone better to discuss this with than Joe Degeniva. Joe is the founding partner of the Washington D.C. law firm of DeGeneva and Tensing. Uh, he and his wife Victoria practice uh, resolving disputes between various branches of the federal government. Joe served as the U.S. state's attorney. He was actually involved with investigating the mob. Uh, He's done some very tough, hard things, and uh, his resume is so long it would take the entire uh, interview to tell you the things that he's done. But he's tough as nails. He's been around the block, and he knows a lot of stuff about what's going going on in New York City, and he joins us. Good morning, Joe.
3: Good morning, Sandy.
0: You know Robert Costello, I'm guessing.
3: I do indeed. I've uh, worked with him on some matters.
0: Yeah. So, um, what is the importance? I mean, what was happening there, and to your for your uh, f- for your part, I've heard his testimony. I'm not sure if he's given it yet at this taping uh, before that grand jury as uh, being a game changer. Would you agree?
3: Oh, absolutely. Uh, I think Mr. Costello, first of all, is a very credible person. He has nothing to gain or lose from this. He was volunteering his his information to the grand jury. And I think what, what he has announced publicly, he told the grand jury, is absolutely devastating to Bragg's case. He completely destroys, if it needed any further destruction, the credibility uh, of Cohen. I mean, he makes it very clear that from the very beginning, Michael Cohen de- denied categorically that uh, President Trump knew anything about the payments or was responsible for them, uh, and that uh, he never told Mr. Trump that uh, he would be violating the law if such payments were made. So this basically ends the case as a matter of law. It also establishes beyond any doubt since uh, since I think the jury would certainly credit Mr. Costello and not Mr. Cohen. Cohen by the way is pleaded guilty to perjury and everything else. So he, he's completely untrustworthy. I just don't see how Bragg can go forward with this case and uh it's going to be very difficult for him. To justify because the public now has an image of this case as, as being not worthy of prosecution. Plus, when you, when you put together the fact that Bragg, while he was campaigning for office, made it very clear that he was going to go after Trump, that he was going to quote unquote get Trump. Um, you have a, an investigation that is tainted from the beginning with denials of due process and fairness. You have prosecutorial misconduct all over the place including discussions of grand jury testimony by former employees of that office, Mr. Pomerantz. So it's endless. I think it's a, it's a horrendous case. And Bob Costello has really thrown a wrench into the steamroller that Bragg had set in motion.
0: But of course, uh part of what I want to talk to you about is the current lawlessness, but before we make it broader, the discussion broader, uh, we are seeing left and right judges and attorneys just ignore, with late, look, ju- judges and attorneys have already, al- always, I'm sure some of them, behave nefariously, not always been honest. But this is like, uh, they, they are so bold in their disregard for the law now. I mean, what would happen to Alvin Bragg? I've heard people say, oh, he'll be sorry he did this. Really? What would happen to Alvin Bragg you know, if he you know, brought this bad prosecution? What would happen to him? Nothing.
3: Well, the, the, the thing about Alvin Bragg is he's, from, he's a George Soros prosecutor. Soros put a million dollars into his campaign and got him elected. And the Soros prosecutors don't care about the, the equal justice under the law. They care about chaos. Their job is to destroy the system. And Bragg doesn't care whether or not he wins this case. All he wants, is the shot of Trump in handcuffs or Trump being indicted. If he's acquitted, which I think he would be in front of any fair jury, assuming he could get a fair jury in New York, and I'm not sure about that. The fact is, Bragg doesn't care. He wants the smear. He wants the arrest. He wants the indictment. He wants to be able to say that he was first, that he did it to Trump, that he finally, quote unquote, got Trump. The problem with that is along the way, he's doing terrible damage to the criminal justice system in the United States. And, he, of course, I, I know I'm not sure he cares about making a fool of himself. I've seen some of the historical tapes of him doing interviews, and he was pretty arrogant, and uh, especially in his statements about Trump. So, I, you know, he, it doesn't seem, you know, a really good lawyer who cares about his reputation would never want to bring a case as bad as this. So the fact that, that, that Bragg is even seriously considering it and apparently was on the verge of delivering an indictment until Bob Costello shows up, shows you that he's obviously a guy who really doesn't care about his reputation, that he's reckless, that he's irresponsible. And I just think his conduct has been, to to me, uh, there should be a bar action against him for the way he's conducted this investigation and allowed people in his office to write books about it, never tried to stop the publication of the book before it was published, I mean, by this guy, Pomerantz, who was discussing this investigation. It's really quite remarkable. And, and then you, you just go back and look at this. Let's remember something. This case was declined by the oh, Southern nice. District of New York, the U.S. Attorney's Office. It was declined by Cyrus Dance, Mr. Bragg's predecessor. It was declined by Bragg immediately upon taking office. He said he didn't think the case had legs. And the FEC reviewed the matter and imposed no fine or punishment. Now, why did Bragg change his mind? Because Donald Trump declared for president. And that's when Bragg decided he would resurrect this case. This is really pretty sick stuff.
0: Yeah. I want to add one more thing about President Trump, or there could be others, but I want—I do want to get to the issue of Soros and these, the broader issue. Um, but the thing that really amazes me, Cho, is that it sounds to me like the prosecutors, whatever – District of New York they're in, have gone after Trump with a vengeance on everything. His tax returns, his business dealings. Trump has been doing business in New York for decades. His taxes must be very complicated because he owns all these hotels worldwide, building all this stuff. And this is all they can find on him? I mean, I'm not saying, we don't know if there's substance to this. I would prefer that Donald Trump hadn't uh, been with a porn porn star, and we don't even know that he has been. Uh, Because people do get extorted that are very wealthy. They can be extorted for money. They sometimes are paid amounts like this just to not even make the accusations. So we really don't know. Nevertheless, I'm not saying that's nothing. But I'm saying in the light of all that Donald Trump has done financially, this is all they could find, really?
3: Well, you're absolutely right, Sandy. And that is because from the beginning, when he came down that escalator, and declared his candidacy for presidency, the media and the democratic party have been out to get him, destroy him and his family. And it's been one, it's been a series of false accusations one after the other. Uh, it, there's nothing you can do about that. When a, when a party like the democratic party loses its mind and loses its underpinnings and abandons the core principles that it is believed in um, it's There's nothing you can do about it. And when you have a corrupt media, which we have in this country, which despises Trump and wants to do everything it can to hurt him, you can't do anything about that either except fight back, tell the truth, spread the word the way you do all the time with your show, and educate people. Make them aware of how bad the press has been and how bad they are being. And this is just the beginning. They're going to, they've done it to Trump. They're going to do it to Ron DeSantis, no matter what he does yes, in life. Exactly. They, all they want to do is destroy DeSantis as well. So bottom line is, this is, this is a bad case with a bad person in charge of it. And, and believe me, in terms of the law, it doesn't get any worse than that.
0: Yeah. I want to say one more time in a different way. I just want to make this point for everyone. I don't know who could withstand the financial scrutiny that Trump has withstood. Who, they They said to us all the time that he was running, remember one of the things they tagged him with, I haven't heard this in a long time, but he's a liar. He's a liar. He's told this. He used to keep a tally of how many, how many lies he told. Now, I'm not saying he's never told a lie, but I'm saying that in regard to his finances, he must not have told a lie. He must have been pretty honest in his tax returns and the way he did business in New York, or they would have something bigger to hold against him. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely.
3: F- F- Absolutely. And if they wanted to do something constructive, immediate, they could keep tabs of the lies that President Biden tells. That would be an endless list. <laughs> yes. And of course, they don't care about those because they, they elected him. They tried to elect him. They campaigned for him. They continue to cover for him now. Uh, he's basically a non-existent president. He's dysfunctional physically and mentally. And yet they just uh, they just can't heap enough praise on his performance. You watch some of these television shows on NBC, MSNBC, and those things, and ABC. Mike, these people are really out of their minds in the way that they uh, applaud his performance, which, of course, is pathetic. You know, when Donald Trump left, left office, we had a great economy. We were respected around the world. We had peace everywhere. Not a single invasion of territory had occurred during his presidency. And as soon as Joe Biden took office, took the oath and started undoing our energy policy and screwed up our foreign policy, whether it was Afghanistan or anywhere else, the Russians and the Chinese knew they had their opportunity. And the first thing that Putin did was invade Ukraine. That never would have happened had Trump been president.
0: No, no. I mean, North Korea stopped, you know, experimenting with their weapons and threatening and Yeah, it's amazing, really, when you spell out the things he accomplished. uh, Not the least of which, uh, Joe, is the discrediting of the public media. See, a lot of us, you know, who've been in this business for a long time, knew a long time ago that you could not trust the news media. But the 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 people, the regular people, didn't know. And I think they, I think President Trump's repetition of fake news has actually done us a great service. I think people really do understand now they're being played. I think most people understand they're being played. I, I want to talk about uh, George Soros' involvement in this because uh, he is becoming a more common name to people, but of course he's a Hungarian billionaire who's now an American citizen. His his father was a, um, a Jewish Nazi sympathizer. And as I, as I was reading about George's life, George actually, as a young man, cooperated with his dad against their own people. So when he does the poor me, you're uh, anti-Semitic, if you criticize me, I just want everyone to remember that. But he has uh, spent a lot of money getting these prosecutors in various hats around the country elected. I think of Chase Bodine in San Francisco and Kim Fox in my hometown of Chicago. And then, of course, Alvin Bragg in New York. And Ron DeSantis actually fired one of the Soros prosecutors in Florida. But, uh, Joe, explain to us what's happening here and how detrimental this is to our legal system. That's only a handful of people. How could it be so bad?
3: Well, George Soros devised a brilliant plan to undercut the American system of justice and to create chaos for the American people. He put millions of dollars into elections for for county and state's attorneys and city prosecutors that people never put money into before. Most of these races were decided uh, by relatively small amounts of investments, and uh, they were were politically interesting with liberals and conservatives running against each other. But Soros decided to fund a group of ultra-progressive socialist prosecutors, and he's elected somewhere in the neighborhood of 50 of them all over the United States, and they have begun To create policies which are pro-criminal and anti-victim and they have begun to stop enforcing the law to refuse to enforce certain laws to prevent the incarceration of individuals who commit repeat crimes thinking and saying as a matter of policy that incarceration is not the answer that society has to do more for these people quote-unquote George Soros is a very dangerous man Uh, He knew exactly what he was doing. He's very proud of what he's done. Uh, He may be an American citizen, but he hates this country with a vengeance. He hates what it means. He hates what it is. He hates our Constitution. The American people are just slowly beginning to find that out. But unfortunately, it's the American citizens who are suffering as a result of the policies of the Soros paid for prosecutors all over this country. You know, I criticized George Soros on Fox News a couple of years ago. And they called. He 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 actually wrote a letter to people at Fox News and accused me of being an anti-Semite. <laughs> I
0: and, remember uh, Fox that Fox
3: cave like a cheap suit. So I've, I haven't been back on Fox for a very long time. And uh, that was Soros. He's vicious.
0: He is vicious, and I think uh, I've done interviews on this, but it's been a long time. Uh, that uh, there's a this. Mm, you I'm sure you know about this, Joe, but there's a network of financing for the far left called Arabella. It's not just oh, George sure. Soros, but they pour. they, these billionaire leftists, and George, I guess, is the biggest fish in that pond pour billions of dollars of their own money. Well, you say own oh, money, yep. but I, I remember during the Clinton years, George Soros made out like a bandit. He uses our tax dollars. He's like given special privileges to do his projects, which makes him wealthy, which he then pours back into the destruction of the country. Sorry, that's my editorial remark. But this Arabella, <laughs> they pull po- their money, and then they start all these entities with all these different names, and they are hell-bent, as you said, Joe, on destroying every facet of this country, open borders, uh, releasing criminals. How dangerous is this to us as a nation? You know, I mean, individually, of course, to people that are harmed by criminals, but as a nation and our law and our system of justice, how dangerous is it?
3: Well, he is actually ripping the fabric of society apart. He is trying to destroy society and remake it into something that he wants, which is a chaotic leftist society. He is a, he's a very dangerous man. And what's happening is the people are paying the price as a result of these prosecutors all over the country, not enforcing the law, not incarcerating people, dropping cases, refusing to charge people with certain crimes. And so the victims of these crimes are the people in these communities where these Soros prosecutors now reign. What's most important for people to do who are listening is to organize, get out the vote, and defeat these Soros prosecutors when they're up for re-election, and if they can't be recalled, especially defeat them during their re-election.
0: You know, I, I, let me ask you, there's two other areas I want to talk to you about quickly. I, this is perhaps not connected, but I'm wondering if you... Well, let me just give you a specific incident. And there's a huge, like a special election in Wisconsin happening, at least at this recording. It's going to be taking place in a few weeks. Uh, But it's a runoff between um, conservative Justice Dan Kelly and uh, a very liberal um, county judge named uh, Janet Protasiewicz. And uh, Janet um, evidently has done what these Searle's prosecutors do. She lets people off. They go before her. That one guy, a couple of rape cases, she let them walk because of COVID. uh, Ridiculous reasons with no apologies. Do you think that his Soros' reach goes down to the judiciary as well?
3: I do. I do. Um, he He is investing in a different America, and he will use every tool available. And he knows that the law and the way judges and prosecutors act affect people's lives. And they change lives immediately, fundamentally, and dramatically. And absolutely, he's interested in becoming involved in the selection of judges all over the country to be the type of judges that that woman is in Wisconsin, a very, very dangerous judicial philosophy.
0: Yeah. Well, that's the kind of thing we can do something about uh, as long as we have free yep. and fair elections. One last thing. Uh, I heard you in a briefing recently say— that you expect there will be other indictments of Donald Trump. Uh, can you please address that? I, I mean, is that, sure. yeah, please tell us what you're talking sure. about.
3: Well, well, I don't think there's any doubt that Fannie Willis, who's this prosecutor in Georgia, in Atlanta, who had this special grand jury, which didn't have the authority to charge, but could conduct an investigation into the 2020 election. I don't have any doubt that she's going to indict Trump and a number of his uh, cohorts in a wide-ranging criminal case in Fulton County, Georgia. I also don't doubt that Jack Smith, the special counsel appointed by our derelict U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland, that Jack Smith is going to charge the president with obstructed, obstruction of justice with regard to the handling of the documents, the classified documents at Mar-a-Lago. So I think the president's going to be up against a pretty tough headwind over the next year, but it's not going to affect them. He's going to continue to campaign. He's going to be a candidate. And uh, it's it's important for people to realize that even if he were convicted of something, no matter how minor or how major that does not disqualify you from being president of the United States. Uh, The only qualification for being president of the United States is age and residency and citizenship. And so, uh, I expect Donald Trump to weather all of this, to fight like the Dickens, and even if he's indicted, he's going to continue to be a candidate. Whether he can win or not under those circumstances, I have no idea.
0: And I promise this is my last question. I am really (laughs) surprised, I I do promise, I promise you, Um, that President Trump can even find an attorney. In this atmosphere of punishment, of losing jobs, I don't know where he goes to find an attorney. Has anything shifted on that? Do you still feel that that's true?
3: Well, he's done. He's 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 done very well in New York. With he's picked up Joe Tacopino, who is a well-known, uh, very fine criminal lawyer in New York and Manhattan. And, uh, and I, I think what happened was after the January sixth thing and the Democrats. And the lefties and the Soros funded people tried to get lawyers disbarred and started filing bar complaints against them with the express purpose of dissuading them from representing Trump or anybody associated with Trump. I think that has had an effect, but uh, he seems to be doing he seems to have quite good representation in in Florida uh, and elsewhere. And so uh, certainly in New York, his reputation has his representation has been very, very good. We'll see. I mean, these people never stop. They want to destroy lives. I mean, they filed a bar complaint against me in the District of Columbia. This 65 project people run by uh, the old Clintonistas, Uh, nothing came of it. But the the point is they like to smear people and they like to have publicity about the fact that they filed the bar complaint, even if nothing comes of it. They think that hurts people. And in some instances, it does hurt people. It hurt me, but um, I'll I'll. I'm going to have something more to say about that in the future because I intend to take legal action against the people who filed those complaints against me, and that'll all be happening in the near future.
0: Well, there should be a class action suit between you and John Eastman and Rudy Giuliani, and I'm not sure how others have been uh, smeared and uh, destroyed, or at least they tried to destroy their legal career. Joe, it's been a pleasure to talk to you. Joe, again, DeGeneva is the founding partner of the DeGeneva Tensing Law Firm. Uh, one last thing, I would just say that um, no matter how you feel, all of us about President Trump, about his running this time, about his morality or lack of it, or his harsh statements, his name calling, this is going to affect our entire justice system. There is so much at stake that we have to say it's too far to do this to a sitting president unless he's guilty of you know murder or something like that. This is a bridge too far. Joe, I really do appreciate your time. Thank you so much for joining me. This has been Sandy Rios, 24-7. Well, I promised you that you would not be disappointed. Joe is one of my favorite uh, pundits. He really is. He and his wife, Victoria Tensing, I've known them for years, and they always have something profound to say, and they have such courage. That's one of the reasons I love them. Uh, but I'm so grateful we were able to talk to Joe this morning. I hope it was uh, enriching for you. Well, coming up next, I've asked Bruce, my husband to join me. Bruce is a retired Federal Bureau of Investigation special supervisory special agent. So this and also a former prosecutor for Cook County in Chicago. So this is right down his bailiwick. wicket. I He has some very interesting observations about what's happening to Donald Trump and happening in our justice system. so you don't want to miss what he has to say. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. This is Sandy Rios 24-7 on American Family Radio. Hi, Sandy Rios back with you on Sandy Rios 24-7. Thanking you for listening. Uh, We're going to talk in just a second, but I want to just right away tell you thank you for your generosity in helping us save a ton of babies since we've been on the air in January. Uh, And we have a goal now, this may sound I don't know. We have a goal of saving 500 babies in this next few months for preborn, and of course, they do their part. They provide ultrasounds for women who are in crisis pregnancy, and we do our part by helping them financially to make that possible. All you have to do is go to preborn.com/sandy. That's preborn.com/sandy, and make your most generous donations. Uh, Twenty-eight dollars will buy uh, will pay for one ultrasound. And, of course, you can do any multiple of that depending on what you can afford. So give generously. Go to preborn.com slash Sandy. All right, uh, we just had an interesting discussion, Bruce, with Joe DiGenova. This is my husband, Bruce. Uh, many of you who listen to the show, you know uh, he always joins me at the end, and we talk about what we've just listened to. What did you think about that discussion with Joe DiGenova, honey?
1: Well, I thought it was absolutely chilling in a way. And, and I know that we get on here often and talk about things, you know, this is terrible, that's terrible, the economy's terrible, the, uh, the wars around the world are terrible. But I have to tell you that um, what Joe brought to light today about what's happening with these George Soros prosecutors scares me about as much as anything because if someone like Donald Trump can be targeted, and I believe he's just being targeted, then any of us can be targeted.
0: That's what he used to say. He'd say, you think they're coming after me. They're really after you. And I think if we, if we expand that further, we can see now that what he was saying is exactly true. We think of, first of all, we think of the, crim- right after January 6th, immediately they started cr- make, trying to make criminals of Republican congressmen in the chamber. Uh, they t- they said that they're cooperating. They're colluding with these uh, insurrectionists, and then they started uh, more widely calling patriots every single person of the million or whatever that came to the Capitol on January sixth. Uh, they were they paid, painted them as insurrectionists and criminal the criminal element, and that was Trump supporters. So they are absolutely coming after us. Then we've seen specifically what they've done to some of those Trump supporters and what they'd like to do. So there's no question about that, Bruce.
1: Well, you know, and not to sound Pollyanna, but there is a reason that when you look at the statue of Lady Justice, she is holding a scale, but she is blindfolded. And the blindfold is the thing to concentrate on here because once that blindfold gets lifted and we start choosing winners and losers based on our agendas versus what the evidence or the facts are, the entire justice system falls apart. And if the entire justice system falls apart, then really our society has nowhere to, to look for sanity because the, the justice system has always been sort of the, the go-to place when no matter who you are, you have an opportunity to go into court and present your case. But if you know going in, you don't, have, you don't stand a chance then we're in big trouble.
0: Well, that's kind of where we are with the J Sixers. Uh they're being charged. I think of uh Daniel Goodwin, he was on with uh, Tucker Carlson a few nights ago uh, at this taping and uh, his his mother is one of our listeners. She's been a listener to my show, morning show for years. Marie, she's just a jewel and her son was in the Capitol for 1 minute. Mm-hmm. And he has been held under house arrest. They have spent hundreds of thousands of dollars in legal bills. There are more than There's more than one way to ruining your life. And then, of course, many of the others are um, held without bail uh, and, not, and treated like animals. We're already there, Bruce. And I think um, it is frightening to think that more and more of these prosecutors are being elected. You know, Joe said... Uh, that this is so dangerous. It's poisoning our judicial system. And he believes it's a very serious uh, poisoning. And I think you do too.
1: Oh, absolutely. And, you know, just to put in context, this incident regarding President Trump happened back in 2016. That was when Donald Trump was running for president the first time. Now, this has been declined, it's been examined, and it's been Declined for prosecution by multiple offices, whether it be federal or state. In fact, the Manhattan DA's office, which is bringing the case or trying to bring the case now, declined it in the past. And I think Alvin Bragg was the head of the office when it was declined.
0: Uh, Cyrus Vance was the guy preceding him, right? And he declined to prosecute. And then Alvin Bragg came in, bragging that he had already brought, I think, a hundred lawsuits against President Trump. Trump. Yeah, so that's what he ran on. I'm going to yeah. take him down. Whatever. doesn't matter if he actually committed a crime. We're going to destroy him. That was-
1: and, and I thought Joe's point that the timing of this grand jury was not coincidental. It happened when President Trump announced that he would again seek the presidency. Now, you talk about a selected or a targeted prosecution. That's what this is. Yeah. And you know, I can tell you, when I was in Chicago as a prosecutor, I worked for Richard Daley, uh, the, the, the son who became the mayor eventually, and there's no more political family than Daley's, than the Daley's. But I have to tell you that when I was a prosecutor for them, and I, maybe I'm being naive, but I never remember witnessing these politically motivated prosecutions or declinations to prosecute. Um, it's like we looked at the case, we looked at the evidence. If the evidence was there to charge someone, we charged them. If the evidence was not there to charge them, even though we knew he's probably a really bad guy, then we did not charge them. We did not put our thumb on the scale or lift Lady Justice's blindfold and cheat one way or another.
0: Yes, and that's the way it's supposed to be. I, I would like to make this personal because I'm thinking, you know, even for, I'll just use myself. I am concerned about this, and I'm concerned about President Trump uh, because it's just so wrong. But what we're trying to say is our doorbell, any of our doorbells could ring any day with some sort of a prosecution if we have stood up or said something or voted improperly. You don't really have to do much. Ah, uh, to be visited and ch- accused and charged, and imagine then if your whole life within that by the time the doorbell rings, you are really on a path to losing everything you have, um, losing any of your security, losing your freedom, uh, often losing your families, and this this threat is very real. And why am I saying that? I'm saying that because we have to speak up. As I say something and do something, we cannot let this go down you know, talk to your friends about it, uh, talk to your family members and explain why this is so very dangerous. You might want to share this podcast with them, uh, Sandy Rios 24-7, just so they'll have some, uh, something to talk about with, but the threat is very real and that's why we have to push back.
1: There's no doubt that, um, if we lay back and we let this happen and no one puts up a fight, then it will only multiply and grow. Um, the the old expression about, you know, all it takes is good men to stand by and do nothing to let bad things happen. That's what will happen here. Uh, George Soros is not about to stop trying to fund these prosecutors. And as Joe said, the way we can push back is at the ballot box, um, contact your representatives, but you cannot let our justice system be taken over by these people.
0: Yes, and I also think it's just a word of mouth, families talking about it, neighbors, uh, because it's getting... Uh, the good news is we have people like Joe fighting. We have yes. a lot of good people in D.C., and I, I honestly, I don't know if it's too late, but I do believe the worm is turning. I think people are beginning to wake up, and uh, we may, and God willing, we'll see some sort of change. One thing that's really occurred to me lately in reading um, Jeremiah and reading Daniel again and Amos, the prophets... Is that God does not rush to judge. It seems to me He has a pattern of wanting to forgive. He does bring judgment. You better believe it. If there isn't repentance, uh, but He cares a great deal about justice, uh, and He cares a great deal about the people who love Him, and He gives plenty of time. He tries to give plenty of time. It seems that's the repeat, uh, the the pattern, uh, to people to repent. So we just pray that He will give us some time to. Uh, get it down to the DNA of the American people so that we have a real change. Well, listen, thanks for listening today. This was uh, very interesting and enlightening. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, if you have any questions, of course, you can call us. If you have any comments, you can call us at 662-821-2040, 662-821-2040, or you can write us at sandy at afr.net. You can find us on all the podcast platforms, and you can go to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, getter, true social uh and to be patient with them because we're just sort of getting those things uh some of you may have gone and said already wait i don't see much you don't see much yet we're still working on that and i apologize but we will be there in full form soon all right so this has been sandy rios with sandy rios 24 7 thank you sweetheart
1: thanks for having me it was great to talk about these things
0: absolutely all right thanks for joining us so long for now